BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Twisted Mirror. Before we dive into this next episode, I wanted to let you know that I was invited to guest host on the true crime podcast, Bruh, It's a Murder. This podcast covers true crime cases involving victims of color, pointing a spotlight on cases that tend to be overlooked by the media. So, if you want to hear me narrate some true crime, go give them a listen. Content warnings will not be announced before the show because they often contain spoilers. However, they will always be included in the show description if this is a concern for you. If you enjoy the podcast, please write a review and share with like-minded friends who might enjoy the podcast too. You can follow the Twisted Mirror Podcast on IG at Twisted Mirror Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com Twisted Mirror Pod. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe or follow. Now, Let's stare into the mirror, shall we? You are now staring into the twisted mirror. Have you ever felt unappreciated? Today's story is about a mother who does and decides to do a little something special for herself. Self-care is very important, after all. Hey, girl. We haven't met yet, but I am so looking forward to seeing you later today. Sure, we don't know each other yet, but I have a feeling that when we meet, it will be unforgettable. I guess it's best you know a bit about me first. How about I take you through my day so far? so you can see what a day in the life of Susie is like. Well, Jeff has a business trip today, so I woke up extra early to pack his bag and make him and the kids their favorite breakfast. The kids got their gluten-free pancakes with chocolate chip smiles and whipped cream noses. Jeff pretends he's not into those, but I always make one extra since he inevitably ends up saying, I'll just try one. Like clockwork, he grabbed the last one on the plate. While I had my green smoothie, I can't partake in such high-calorie breakfasts and keep this size for a figure. I put the homemade cookies I made for little Braxton's bake sale today into a container and glanced at the schedule on the fridge. I made sure to keep my normally packed morning and early afternoon open today, but I do have a PTA meeting to prepare for on Thursday evening, 
and a 31 party on Friday at 6 p.m. And of course, I need to be back home in time for the kids when they get off from school. We said our goodbyes to Jeff. The twins get so sad when he has to leave. Just as Janet gave her two honks. Janet and I alternate drop-off and pick-up days, and today was Janet's day. I tell the kids to grab their book bags and send them off with a big kiss. Jeff and I wave them off. I'll miss you, I told Jeff. He was already busy on a call. He has been so busy lately with work, keeping late hours and traveling all over the country. So, I don't think he heard me as he waved goodbye and hopped into his car. After a few seconds, he jumped back out, surely to give me a goodbye kiss. Do you know what he said? He handed me a ticket and asked me to pick up his dry cleaning. Oh, my silly Jeff. He'll only be gone a few days, but it sure feels like a lifetime. As the door closed, I let out a big sigh. I adore my family, but sometimes mama needs some me time. School just started up last week, and summer was packed with family activities. We take lots of trips up to the lake while Jeff and his buddies golf and boat, and I hang back with the kiddos. God, I love it. This is the first day that I will have to myself in months, and I am looking forward to it. Don't get me wrong. I love, love, love being a stay-at-home mom. But sometimes, mama has to recharge. And here I am, ready to get on with my day and hopefully meet you. I'm going to treat myself. I'm still in my pale pink silk robe, so after the dishes and picking up the messes the kids and Jeff left in the bathroom, I head to the bedroom and pick out today's outfit. A pair of Lularo leggings. I know they're taboo these days, but what's a girl to do with 65 pairs of leggings she bought? I added a black tunic and a Land's End vest to fight the early autumn chill. I grab a matching 31 tote and head out, almost shivering with excitement. I can't wait to meet you. I haven't met anyone since, hmm, early May. Wow, has it been that long? I open Instagram and add a quick video to my stories. I run a pretty well-trafficked mommy account with 10.1K followers. Hey, Susie here. I just wanted to hop in and say it's so important to take time for yourself. This summer has been so crazy, and that was after all that homeschooling with the virus. Praxton and Brexley are finally back to in-person schooling. So you have to take your time back. I'm taking some me time this afternoon to treat myself. Hashtag boy mom, hashtag stay at home mom, hashtag mommy self care. Next, I go to my main page and upload a picture of the bento boxes I made for the kids' lunch. I meticulously hand cut their organic PB&J sandwiches, Brexley absolutely has a conniption if there's a hint of crust, and cut their sides of green apples into the shape of roses. I write a caption. I just love making each lunch an experience for my twins. Each apple took me 30 minutes to carve. And they each get handwritten haikus hidden in their box. I'm not just nourishing their bodies, but I also want to nourish their souls. Today's haiku, 
Mommy loves you so much. She will break her back for you. You're her shining star. I take a few minutes to scroll some of my favorite Facebook groups. So addictive. And honestly, have to do a little bit of a calming 10 count. When I saw a woman had posted about getting a used car seat from her sister-in-law. Doesn't she know those things expire? And I bet she hasn't seen the 16-step seat check protocol I posted about to make sure she has followed the latest guidelines in attaching car seats. Just a terrible mother. And dare I say, human? Maybe if she focused more on her family, her kid's dad wouldn't have left. After I type my thorough admonition, I start the car. I don't want to be late. It's a 40-ish minute drive to the coffee shop I picked. And I hate to admit it, but the solitude is lovely. The leaves are turning, and I don't even turn on the radio. Instead, opting for a quiet, contemplative drive. My days are so full of screaming kids and PTA meetings and HOA stuff and cleaning, cooking, book club. The list goes on and on. I park my car into a charging spot, plug in my Prius, and get my credit card app open and ready to make a purchase and get those thrifty rewards. The coffee shop is buzzing with so many different people from all walks of life, going about their day like busy little beavers. I wait in line instead of pre-ordering because there's no rush today. Today, I will live in the present, just like Rachel Hollis says to do. She says you have to make your own way in the world, take what you want, and that's what I intend to do today. I order a skinny vanilla latte from the nice girl at the counter. I wonder for a second, is she you? No, she's not you. I go to the condiments area to add cinnamon to my latte and a man in a business suit reaches over me to grab the cream. He's not you either, but that's no surprise. It's never a man. I take a seat, delighting in my pleasant morning so far. I study those who have decided to park in the coffee shop for a while. It's mostly college students and young freelancers going about their day. Sarah texts me about the PTA meeting. I reply immediately. I always do. It's important to be organized and courteous. Nothing is worse than those disheveled so-called moms who show up with the Costco cookies when it's their turn to provide snacks. Always running late, their hair a mess, panting like a sow. The rest of us can get our affairs in order, but these so-called moms seem to never have cracked the code. So full of excuses, putting their jobs and personal hobbies and friendships over cultivating the precious future of the world. Then, I see you. I gasp under my breath and tighten my grip around my grande cup as you walk through the door. Your artificially black hair is twisted up into a knot. You're wearing an oversized crop sweater, revealing your shoulders and flat stomach. I used to have a stomach like that before Praxton and Brexley turned it into rice pudding. 
Your thin legs are covered with skinny black jeans that tuck into combat boots. One is laced almost all the way up. The other has the tongue folded over at the halfway point. You're so casually metropolitan. I bet she just grabs some random stuff out of your closet, and yet it all happens to fall together. Like dropping a puzzle set on the floor, where somehow each piece falls seamlessly into the other. You have on just a coat of mascara and full lips stained with a pale reddish hue. You don't need much with those features. You pull out your AirPods, the ones the twins have been begging for. I tell them cheerfully, if they get good grades and behave, maybe Santa will deliver. I think it's you. I'm almost certain. But I'm not 100% sure until I see him come in a few seconds behind you. A tall guy, just as effortlessly cool, with cheekbones and a jawline that could clean cut through a mirror. He puts his hand on the small of your back. You turn and your intimidating aura softens with a smile. He kisses you. I remember when Jeff used to look at me like that. When he'd take me out on little dates and bring me thoughtful, inexpensive gifts. You utter some things to each other. I can't hear in the commotion of the crowded coffee shop, but I can tell it's tender because you both softly grin. Of course, you both grab your drinks from the pickup area because you pre-ordered, being hip and young and beautiful. Your name is Bella. Of course it is. You sit two tables away from me, flinging your floppy canvas messenger bag down on a chair. There weren't any tables available just a minute ago, but almost as if the world opens its doors to you at every obstacle, someone grabs their things and leaves. It seems so common, you don't even notice. Me, on the other hand, I would have anxiously eyed the entire floor as soon as I walked through the door, waiting for someone to look like they are packing their things so I could pounce on the table. See, I don't have the luxury of time like you do. I have to account for every minute of my day. I have very bright and active indigo children and a husband who needs a wife to manage our family so he can go out and make sure we are taken care of. You both open your laptops once you settle. You chat a bit, but then the earphones go back in. You both must be students, as when I casually sneak a peek, it looks like you're writing a paper. It's something about millennials not having as many children. I'm hoping your thesis explores the selfishness of these types. Fun, fun, fun. That's all everything is to these people. They will never know the joy of making breakfast for their entire brood, of cleaning up a scrape on their little one's knee and making the boo-boo go away, of rushing your screaming baby to the ER at night with your other children in tow while your husband is away and unreachable on yet another business trip. 
Well, I digress. Sometimes your boyfriend plays footsie with you. You look up with a glimmer in your eye and kick his foot away coyly. You're both so young and in love. You both seem fantastic. After 30 minutes or so, you get up and order something from the counter. You return with some sort of crumb cake. I can't remember the last time I had cake. Sometimes I take a bite of the baked goods I make for the kiddos and then spit it out just to get a little taste. I call them calorie-free treats. It's important not to deprive yourself of these simple joys. I watch you pick off little parts as I let out shuddering breaths, watching you take each bite. You are perfect. You are effortless. You don't try to be thin or pretty or perfect. You just are. We are a perfect match. I can't wait for us to meet. After an hour or so, the boyfriend starts to pack his things. I fear you'll leave together and I won't get my chance to say hi, but you don't budge. He kisses you on the cheek and you acknowledge him. You say something like, see you later, or we'll meet at the dining hall tonight. I'm not sure, but I am sure it was perfectly cool because you're both secure in your love and don't need to keep tabs. He walks out the door. You return to your business. I wait for the right moment to break the invisible wall between us. I still my breath and squeeze my cup nervously as I raise the now lukewarm latte to my lips. I have waited all summer for this. All heckin' summer. Things have died down from the morning rush. It's by no means dead, but it's down to the occasional midday straggler and the regulars who grabbed a table and claimed their territory. The man sitting at the table between us leaves. Now, I am exposed to you. I don't want to watch you too intently before we meet. I might scare you away. My heart stutters when eventually you pull out your earbuds and turn to me. Would you mind watching my things while I go to the bathroom? You ask. It's the first time I've heard your voice clearly. It's deeper than I thought. Like if vanilla or amber had a voice. My voice sounds like sprinkles. I give you my perkiest smile. I am so overwhelmed with joy and excitement to speak to you. Sure. You thank me and go to the other end of the coffee shop where the bathroom is. Now is my chance to truly introduce myself. You made it so easy. It's like you knew. I take a final, careful look around. What we have is private, and no one can see our formal introduction.
I reach into my Unicorn Edition bag for the small spray bottle. So small, it fits in my palm, and no one is the wiser. You return and thank me. Gosh, you're so pretty. I ask you what you're studying. You say you're a double majoring in sociology and business administration. What an interesting combination, I say. I mentioned I studied marketing and communications. I was on track to get my MBA, but Jeff went first. And then I had Praxton and Brexley and, well, you know how that goes. You say something about championing ethical business practices and smile politely and thank me again. You put your earbuds back in. I get it. You're busy and too cool to spend your morning talking to some boring mom. I look down at my phone, feigning disinterest as you settle back into your routine. But I glance at you out of the corner of my eye. You catch me at one point and smile. My grip on my paper cut tightens and the seal on the lid pops. Your phone, it lights up on the table and you take it. You glance down at some message and smile and type back before setting it down. Then you type a few times and take a few more sips of coffee. Without taking your eyes off the screen, you reach for a piece of cake. You pop it in your mouth. You do it two or three more times. My body fills with anticipation to the point I can't wait a second longer. It's unbearable to keep my trembling breaths contained. It's almost orgasmic. So, I grab my bag and stand up, sliding through the small space between our tables. I hold my breath, just in case, as I release a single spray from the bottle tucked into the sleeve of my shirt. It's a very light aerosol, an extremely fine mist. Most people don't even notice it, but we're so close. In fact, the closest I have ever been to someone when meeting them like this. The proximity only adds to the thrill. We will be bound universally connected in ways the physical body cannot perceive. But right now, I can smell your subtly fruity shampoo, the velvety scent of your perfume. I can feel your life force. So, unlike the others, you feel the change in the air around you, the instant increase in moisture landing on your skin. You look up at me quizzically, befuddlement on your face. You open those perfectly bouncy lips to say something, but just as quickly, your eyes register something. Your brow furrows, and instead of pushing air outward, through that beautiful mouth, you gasp. <gasps> you place your hands against your chest as it rises and falls rapidly. 
Your hazel eyes go wide, and then you clench the table. You gasp for air and try to stand up. Then you grab at your own throat. No one notices anything until then. A few curious heads turn, but they aren't overly concerned. But then, the place goes quiet as you start to make choking sounds and collapse to the floor, taking down your laptop and drink with you. I think she's choking, I shout. Someone runs over and starts performing the Heimlich maneuver. I do feel for you then. It probably hurts. But it will be quick. I know this because I've seen it many times before. Soon, the pain will be over and you'll never have to feel pain again. I stand back and let the heroes sweep in. You know, the types who have imagined their whole lives, they would have a moment where they could save a pretty thing like you. They won't succeed. Normally, I don't stay so close. Instead, opting to slip away and watch from a safe distance. But this time, I hover close by. My face contorted with anxiety. After all, that's what anyone would expect. But inside, I feel like there is a volcano of exhilaration inside of me, rumbling, moments from erupting to the surface. They begin CPR, and I root silently for your heart to stop. No one notices me. No one ever does. I'm harmless. I'm safe. I wouldn't hurt a fly. I can't say how, but I know the moment you are gone. Just as I felt your life force when I brushed by you moments ago, I can feel its absence. I know you are gone before the people fruitlessly pumping your chest do. The EMTs roll in. They clear everyone away and rip open your shirt to apply the pads. A high-pitched note squeals before your whole body jumps. It won't matter. No matter how many times they do this, your cells can't absorb oxygen any longer. They do it a few more times. Nothing. I cover my mouth, stifling a cry. And the tears are real, though... They are full of a joy most people will never know. You and I, we're linked forever. Not even your pretty boyfriend can say that. Unable to wait even another second, I slip out the door and head back to my car, which I drive to an empty section of the parking lot. I am electric every cell in my body buzzing. I can barely breathe as I reach down into my pants. 
and touch myself. I writhe in my seat as the energy from meeting you builds to a crescendo. Once it builds enough pressure to explode out of me, the earth-shattering orgasm erupts in violent waves. I moan with abandon in my car, feeling free and alive in the way I can only after meeting someone like you. Soon, you'll be in the paper, immortalized, forever young and wrinkle-free, tight-bottomed and perky-breasted, still madly in love with your boyfriend. They'll speak of your potential. People will post about you in their TikToks and Instagram pages and share all the amazing memories they shared with you. You still go to clubs with secret passwords on the weekend. You will forever save up and go to festivals with your beautiful friends. And together, you will look like a spread in a free people catalog. You'll never have the chance to ruin it all. You'll never look in the mirror and see sagging breasts and dimpled skin. You'll never have to spend yet another night alone while your husband does God knows what at work or pick up a pair of your beautiful boyfriend's underwear off the floor when he starts to get bored with you. You'll never have to spend your whole vacation babysitting while the fellas go hunting or golfing. You'll never have to wake up someday and not even recognize the person in the mirror. Jeff and I went to the same college. Did you know that? I actually had better grades. I used to be fun like you. Bold. Daring. Effortless. Cool. I swear I was. So, I cannot let this happen to you. Thanks to me, you'll be this girl forever. Children and gravity haven't assaulted your body yet. The mundanity of work and bills and the same never-ending cycle of breakfasts and PTA meetings and vacuuming and couponing haven't siphoned every bit of spontaneity out of your life. I wish I had been there for me when I was your age. You are forever free. I did you this favor, and if you could thank me, I am sure you would. In exchange, through you, for a moment, I remember what it was like to feel a thrill, to do something dangerous and forbidden, to be unafraid of consequences, to have a secret, to have something that is just mine. This time was closer to home than usual. This time, I took a bigger risk. But I had waited all summer, and I lost my patience. I felt the need inside me building to a level I don't think I could control. So it had to be rushed this time. After I orgasm, I pull down the visor and adjust my perfectly quaffed blowout. I grab my tote and make my way to the Whole Foods next door to do some groceries. 
Susie? Susie? It's Jenny Lynn. She lives in my community, and I cannot tell you how many times I have had to report her lawn to the HOA for poor maintenance. Those patches of brown are absolutely trashy. She's standing outside of the coffee shop, watching the crowd disperse. She tells me what she heard happened. I tell her I was actually there and had left to collect myself for a moment and to get out of the way of the EMTs. I tell her what a shame it is such a young, vibrant life could end so abruptly. I buy groceries and head home. I clean the house. I call the dentist to get cleaning appointments for the family. Jeff texts me, letting me know he wants to have a football party at our house when he gets back and what snacks I should prepare. Before I know it, it's time to pick up the kids from school. As they do their homework on the kitchen table, I prepare London broil with roasted root vegetables. I bake banana bread. It's my favorite, and I'm so excited about having met you today that I think I deserve 350 extra calories. Don't you? It's just me and the kiddos tonight, so we eat at the table. Daddy FaceTimes us for a few minutes, and then I tuck the kids in. I do my nightly skin routine and get into bed. I close my eyes and try to remember it all. The delicate features of your face, your voice, the way your pupils practically exploded when the cyanide kicked in. I will save the newspaper clippings or print out the ones online. I'm certain you will at least make the school paper. But already it's starting to fade. I'm losing the clarity of the memory. The surge I felt earlier when I did you a favor and kept you eternally perfect. It has lost its potency. I reached the peak of my existence for just a few minutes. And now I am tumbling back down. That yearning for a new thrill. It's building already. It happens a little faster each time. I can't even count how many of you there have been. And I won't stop. But I'll make sure next time to go farther from home. You were too risky. I'll become a very old lady with grandchildren and die peacefully in my sleep. No one will ever know about us. Not even you. Not the others. I open my phone calendar to see when I can schedule another meeting. Oh, shoot. I forgot to pick up the dry cleaning. <laughs>